It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture this week. We're really excited to have you tuning in. You know, I love I love what this show's about. It's been just we're I think we're almost 16, no, maybe 18 shows in and keep getting great response. Counterculture, we we believe that following Jesus is countercultural. And in a divided world, peacemaking is a revolutionary act. In a selfish world, showing compassion to needy is is countercultural. So this, and we, I want to highlight the people in our city and our in our nation, even around the world, who are 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 stepping into the gap, being countercultural the way Jesus has called us to be countercultural. And so today in studio, we have with us Billy Thrall. Billy Thrall, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Just so you know, Billy Thrall is a fellow radio host. He hosts <laughs> a super big following on that show, City it's, Talks with Billy on Thrall. City Talks, yes. So, see, Billy, like, he has this huge studio, like, two two doors down. I mean, it's it, they've got a great view of the city. They've got, like, a little what? wet bar there, got little massage chairs. You don't? I've got <laughs> – I'm in a cave – uh, and okay, they they put little water glasses underneath the door. It's okay. And they let me out when I've done my quota. I, I, it's like being in first class in coach. <laughs> you is. can see through the curtain that I'm getting my little cocktail he and my is. free cheese plate. He, he is. Yeah, and he's toasting little glasses with the, the stewardesses. and so. all my armrests and yes. leg room. So, so just so you know, Billy and I know each other, have known each other for a number of years. And see, whenever I think I've done something cool – and step into some new thing. Billy's done it like before me, and he's like he's sort of I'm, I'm sort of his shadow. I'm like really, the white shadow. I really, <laughs> I don't want to say hate when you say that. I really I appreciate that as a compliment because I know you're being kind when you say that. It's a lie, but I appreciate that you say that anyway. <laughs> okay. So I so Billy. Yeah. He is a not only is a a talk radio host. He is the director of Mission Increase, which he'll talk about that, and he's also the founder and director of CityServe. So that we're going to hear for more Arizona. about that as Both well. Both of those are for Arizona. Yeah, for Arizona. Yep. So we'll 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 get more into that stuff. All right. The ministry stuff. I'm ready. Okay, he's ready. He's bra- he's holding his handrail like he's just bracing him for impact. <laughs> no, no, hands are wide open. Hands are wide open. Receiving whatever you throw at okay, me. Okay, I'm gonna throw. It. I'm gonna be. Th- I'm gonna be slinging it. I'm slinging truth today. Throw me fastballs. Okay, throw me fastballs, curveballs, sliders, maybe a knuckle knuckle curve. I've had no spring training. Okay, and I don't know what's into the bat to hold. Okay, but I'm gonna go into the batter's box. Okay, and take a hack. Bring it on. Okay. So before we get into you, because I like to know not just about your yeah. work, but like who you are, yeah. to get to know you, we play this game called Fake News. Okay. Fake News. So I have a fairly good track record, but I'm humiliated on a regular on regular occasions. Oh, I'm trying to stump you. Yes. Ah. So there's you need to say something that's true and not true about yourself, and I have to guess which one is true or which one's fake. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, 
So I'd, off the top of my head, uh-huh. here are two things. Okay. I played tennis on the tennis team in college. Okay. I met my wife in Paris, France. Okay. So I'm going to say – so Billy's pretty athletic. But I think the only problem is is that I know Billy and I might have heard <laughs> that he met his wife in Paris, France because I think they went back there for an anniversary. Correct. So the fake news is tennis. Correct. Right. I played in high school but wasn't good enough you to finish good. after that. Correct. You're right. OK. Whew. OK. So I feel like I cheated. But I'll accept that as a win, whatever it is. That's, a, that's our date. That's our t- These are crazazy this times. This has been a great show. Thanks for having Cheater me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we get into the, the present, you've done a number of things in your life. Just give us a little, like, you were yeah. a pastor? I was. What? I, yes? I, I, <laughs> pastor? Yeah. He said that, you know, going up at the end of that sentence yes. there. Uh, I was a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor as okay. a kid. I grew up in a pastor's home. Okay. And I didn't like that much. I was a goody goody, but only for a while. And then I just didn't like what church did to me as an adolescent, felt like more rules and things I didn't want to mm. get away with. I wanted to get away with. Um, Jesus rescued me when I was in college and got my attention. And I felt like, well, what else is there to do but be a pastor? It just was like, right. be a pastor. The one thing you never wanted to do. Right. Okay. Uh, I went young life for a little while there, was a pastor, most of that in the inner city of Phoenix on purpose. Interesting. Yeah. Sort of a multi-ethnic urban work that we were a part of for most of my pastoring life. That neighborhood Uh ministries? That's right. Fantastic. So you were a pastor with it. And so did you also did, you had a prison ministry, correct? I did that as a volunteer. Okay. I had an old guy pound on my office door one day, and he said God told him to come talk to me. I'd never met him. And I thought he was crazy, except he was awesome. And he was old, and he'd been serving in the prisons for 30 years, and he wanted to hand it to me. And I told him no. And he said, I'll come back in a month, pray about it. I prayed he wouldn't come back. He did. (laughs) And so he then handed me three time slots in our jails for every week. So I was with adolescents being tried as adults, looking at 10 to 20 years of their lives, and they weren't 18 yet. Every week I had a chapel service with them. And then I did Tent City, which is the Sheriff Joe's little tent city. I was the Protestant Saturday morning chapel. Really? Yep. Played my guitar, got their attention in the dining hall, singing Brown Eyed Girl and Hang on Sloopy. And then they followed me and I did a little Bible talk. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that was, I sort of did that um, not as part of my job, but more just felt like God wanted me to do that. No, it's interesting that God can use brown eyed girl to, <laughs> to use that as a draw. Attention. Fun you know, fact: I know nothing I, but the blood of Jesus yes. wasn't quite the draw in the dining yes. hall. But once we got in the room and got right. locked in there, well, then we <laughs> okay. could go. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I actually confess. Here's a conf- I feel like I need to confess this to you. Right. When I was overseas in Russia, yes. I used my song was "Personal Jesus" by Depeche Mode. Perfect, which had. Absolutely nothing to do with Jesus, but and it, it was actually it actually sacrilege. But it, but got, it was a draw. You got the name Jesus and I out there. Jesus out yes. there, and that was like the only acoustic song very I knew. Good, very that was sort of it's not very a good cultural, worship. yeah, missions work. Yes, that's how it works. So what in, during that had to be like life changing, coming for, to be in in prisons and in the inner city. Coming, Absolutely, yeah. What what stuck with you in that time period? Oh my gosh. Uh, so much. It, the word humbling comes to mind. You, you, you know, I came from an okay 
family background kind of story and then just to be thrown into a lot of people who didn't have that. Uh, I'm, I'm an Anglo person in a world that that's sort of favorable and sort of just be thrown in the reality of what people who um, don't have that privilege might right. experience. And then, you know, just to sit across from a 15-year-old boy who was in a car when they committed a murder and he's looking at 20 years. Wow. And so you're, I used to say all the time to others who might want to come with me, I'd say, this is gospel in the raw. Mm-hmm. We're not doing pizza night. We're not doing movie night. We're not doing Disneyland trip. This is like you got 30 minutes. You better make it about Jesus because that's about all that's going to be left when you leave this room. Right. So super humbling. And then to do inner city work in Phoenix was was the same way. It was very <clears throat> humbling, uh, multi kind of you're learning, you're realizing the assets that people push to the side actually have. Yeah. And realizing our prejudices toward them that actually they have so much to offer. Their yes. spirituality is much deeper than mine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a line that I would repeat to myself so often is the poor have nowhere to hide. And so it makes their faith more real mm. because they can't hide behind title, privilege, house, car. Yes. And so hiding keeps us from seeking God. Many people like like bristle when they hear the term privilege. Yeah. Like, oh, I worked hard. Yeah, yeah. I've, my, my life is the result of my good decisions. Yeah. What do you say to that? You know, that's a loaded term, especially right now. And I understand in this Black Lives Matter world as the church is wrestling with words like that. And I have dear friends who hate when I use that word and other friends who beg me to use it more. What I would say is there's just not a level playing field. It's not. It, mm-hmm. Life, whatever you might say, has given some better chances. Uh, I would answer that with a story. I had a friend of mine say, man, if the whole world was just wiped to zero, wouldn't it just take like one generation? We'd be back where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, absolutely not. If you yeah. put me in Haiti, I would die. Right. I, I, no, it's not. I'm not me because of me. I'm me because of all these other things that God happened to put around me that right. make me sustain my yes. horrible mistakes. Yes. So maybe the privilege isn't right word, but it's opportunity. Uh, been given things others weren't given. Mm-hmm. And another way to look at it, being in prison work or dealing with kids who are traumatized in a system and you right. look at them and they go, it's just not their fault right. that the situation in their home crumbled and they were put in a system. It's not their fault. So then it's, so then it's not my fault either, but mm-hmm. there's some things it's just not fair. Now, I know God's heart. Right is for them, and and he's the father to the fatherless, right. and God reaches out, and Jesus is like, go to the edges of culture. I'm hanging out there. Right. So I, that's where I think God is actually speaking, but that's how more I would answer that question rather than play a semantics war. Right. I think that's a great example, and I, I think that's a great like clarity on that issue because it is it can be a loaded term, yep. and we don't. Our goal isn't in, even in peacemaking. We, we aren't just to never take stands. Correct. Because the Bible talks a lot about the da- of pride and the da- of and even the idea that we're self the sin of self sufficiency. And we have to always be careful that we don't think that whatever goodness we have is the result of our own choices. My my friend Lisa Jernigan, maybe you know her. Yeah, she's it, been it, on the show. Okay, so she talks. She has this great line that peace is a great concept. Peacemaking is very hard work. Yeah, and it's that whole thing where we say love is amazing. But to actually try to love another human is really complicated. Yes. So sometimes we throw big words and concepts out as a way yeah. to hide 
so that we can just keep having conversations rather than go home and actually be a loving, peacemaking mm. human mm-hmm. with the relationships in my house, on my street, yes. and in my workplace. It's way easier to argue theology than it is to be kind. Yes. It's way easier to play church than yeah. it is to follow Jesus. Yes. So I want to stay away from the word wars because, okay, you can have those if you want to, but what kind of people are we? Right. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's where the rubber meets the road. Um, so just if you're joining us, this is Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have the Billy Thrall, one of the coolest <laughs> names. I even admire his name, like Thrall. That's like oh, dude. Like, like action hero name. Well, it's it, – OK. One minute on that. So you know where you can do your DNA. You can do yes. all this stuff. So the word Thrall to people who are in the gaming world – I realized is a big deal. It's an actual character in like the Dungeons and Dragons, a fantasy world, a, okay. a troll. It's this character. The word is means slave or servant. Okay. And my heritage line is we were Viking Scandinavians enslaved by the Europeans. Interesting. Yeah. So that's – it's kind of that name is kind of cool in itself when we sort of found out what it actually meant. What I would not have guessed was. that. Yeah. So you'd like to be enthralled is yeah. to be, in, you know – enamored with but that's the genealogy line comes from we were the enslaved people so what about this we make like a show yeah you you keep see if you could keep your name as the hero and i'll be your sidekick i'll be max power perfect and i'll we'll we'll just we'll 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 fight crime by doing good okay okay i'd rather be robin to your (laughs) (laughs) okay so speaking of love actual obedience and loving people is actually hard work. The yeah. concepts are easy to agree with. Yeah. This this r- very much relates to your work at CitySurf. Yeah. Tell me about CitySurf. CitySurf is a 10-year-old nonprofit that a bunch of us created after we did the Palau year of CityFest. Luis Palau. Luis Palau was in town. And who, not everyone knows who he is. So, so Luis Palau is a world evangelist, and okay. they had a new model 10 or 11 years ago where rather than do one day of an evangelical call, yeah. let's spend a year figuring out how to bless the city, I guess would be the right. best ways to describe that. My job was to get churches serving. What a blast. Yeah. So we just got super crazy. Easy. It was so, but it was super cool, actually, yeah. because I just started asking, well, who's already doing it? And what can we learn from them and yeah, build on always, that? Yeah, that's Where's awesome. the networks that are right. already figuring this out? Let's help them do it. So it turned into hundreds of churches doing hundreds of things and created church school partnerships, foster care programs that churches were doing, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So that gets done, and yes. we have a lot of energy. We have a lot of momentum. And folks are like, well, we can't stop just because this Palau thing's over. Years so up. we yeah. started some donors, put money in, and we created CityServe Arizona, okay. a platform to help the church, which I, Big C Church, those who follow Jesus, get go forward thinking and caring for the least of around them, caring mm. for their neighbors. And that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years. So you, you catalyze, but the, and that one year catalyzed a lot of different, a number of different ministries that were still around and active today. Totally. And yes. it well, it introduced me and a lot of people to each other. Yes. So we got connected with government friends. We got connected with education leaders, you know, the head of right. whatever's for the state of Arizona are suddenly like, what are all you guys want to do? Like, whatever you need. Yeah. And so you sort of earn favor because you serve on the terms of the 
person who has the need. Yeah. And that started things, you know, School Connect and Tracy Beal and I became friends in that right. season, Arizona 127 and other things that are around foster yeah. care program got going and that's sort of that got going. And then CityServe has tried to be a platform to continue that conversation. Uh, and then we also did Hope Fest, which was this one-day care event where we could see, bring need to one place and try to meet it in one day to have lasting impact from year to year. And you guys did Chase Field. Yeah. I mean, you bid, you, that was a big deal, a uh, big event. You know, for it was. We got up to maybe 18,000 people in wow. one day getting direct yeah. medical dental services, 150 right. different agencies on site. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So those kind of things are important, but also the 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 ground, the hard work of building agencies that are that are now ten years later, yes, doing amazing things like School Connect and AZ One Twenty Seven. Yeah, that's great. So it be it was fun to connect with leaders like that who had yeah. those hearts, sort of put us on the, all the same page, right? And then direct. So some people don't know what to do. Right. We use CityServe to direct to the people who are doing great work. Yeah. That's fantastic. And we need more unity and cooperation more than ever today. And so the work is definitely needed. And I know you and I have had some great discussions yeah. about what maybe taking it to the next level for our right. state. And uh, it's, it's exciting. But Lord, you know, if you're, if you, if you're a praying person, just pray for the church to come together to serve the most vulnerable and that God will raise up the right people like, like the, the Billies and the other people that are in our city who really want to see the, the Christ shine through in the darkest places and the I, most needy. I will say it like this. If we realized we were in a crisis, our differences wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Because in a crisis, let's back to Haiti again. You know, when an earthquake hits or a hurricane hits yeah. Haiti, no one cares. We're theology. No one cares. Whatever. We have to meet the need. Right. Well, it's like that now. Yeah. Uh, right next door to you. And yeah. whatever, pick a topic, um, adolescent loneliness. Right. There's an epidemic of ab- adolescent loneliness. Yes. So if you have an adolescent on your street, they could use attention. Pick anything, elder care at a time of right. COVID where they're isolated and alone. So, okay, so we are in crises. Right. There's crises of needs around us. I see unity come because the need, meeting the need is the priority. Yes, not making sure we agree on everything before we get there. Yeah. Unity, in a sense, is a byproduct. Unity happens because we're on mission together. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Quote that. Tweet that. I don't tweet, but I don't tweet or twerk anymore. Uh, but yeah, tweet that one. All right. Okay. So now you've got a new uh, – you're now also yeah. catalyzing – other lots of agencies with your mission increase. Yeah, mission increase is twenty years old. Okay, uh, has been in Arizona for eleven years. Uh, Jonathan Rowe ran that, and then he started another venture. So I'm following him a year later. And mission increase exists to help Christian or faith based nonprofits do a better job of raising funds. And they don't look at it as a ask, 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 ask. But how do we build champions? How do we build hmm. people who believe in our work? And come alongside us, and then we believe God will help the money follow that. So they're in 18 cities. I just got done with a training and got to meet all these area directors from across the country. Some have been at this 10, 11 years or more, and they just love what they do. We love what we do because we're free. Our services are free. Our consultations are free. And we have these donors who think what we want to do is help nonprofits thrive. So get your financials in order. Get your board knowing what you're talking about. Get right. your mission lined up your, so that when you ask for money, if right. you get to that point, you do it in a, in a healthy place, not in a scarcity place. 
So there's a term called donor fatigue. Yeah. And uh, and so I've been in the nonprofit world for a long time. Yeah. And how do you talk about donor fatigue? I'm, that's you know yeah. people get t- so for those you know it's you just get tired of people asking you for stuff. Well, and and let's just be real about this COVID season. So people may have less money. And some nonprofits are going away. Yes. So good people that we, you and I know are not getting funded and we're like, ah, you know, we can freak out. Yeah. Totally freak out as an option. Feel the freak out. Yeah. Or, okay, God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, God, it, did you really – what are you teaching us? And so I agree. This whole thing where you're going to do a mission trip from your church and so 300 high schoolers write letters to the same people in the church is exhausting. How do you say right. no 299 times? Right. And if you're a donor of any wealth, you're tired of 299 times every week telling people no. Right. We're trying to flip that on its head and say, let's listen to the donor. What's on their heart? Yeah. What do their family care about? What do your kids care about? They probably don't know what to give their money to. So right. I'll listen, find out what the passion of your life might be versus having to say no. Yeah. What would you say yes to? Right. Well, then I can go look in my database and go, oh, you care about that issue? These are my three favorite nonprofits that are doing that. Here's their stuff. Right. I feel like I get to be this bridge, this financial bridge or this relationship right. bridge. But in this time, it's even more challenging. Mm. We got to get this right. People yeah. are tired and funding ministries is hard. So yes. I feel like this is – I'm kind of excited that I have this role right now. So sort of going into next year, let's rethink what it means to e- even ask for ministry or be in, ministry, in, be in ministry or fundraising mode. Let's build friends. Yeah. Let's build common hearts. Right. Let's build vision together and then watch God take care of it. So a lot of the people listening aren't necessarily, uh, you know, nonprofit yeah, people, yeah. Uh, but they're like, it, in a world of need, what, how do I know what makes a difference? Oh, that's a great question. I think one of the things that is, people ask all the time, what do you give money to? Yeah. People usually give money to something their parents gave money to or personally impacted their life. Yeah. Someone in their family had a disease, we give to that foundation. Your kid was cared for at this thing, so now I'm going to give money to that camp. Those are great reasons. Sure. They're absolutely great reasons. But another great reason would be, what, did, what if you treated your giving in the same way you did all the other things you budget in your life? What if you looked at, like, what, what are nonprofits doing well? How would I measure them? Are they – so that – what I would say to, to, to people who are kind of figuring right. out is do a little work. Yeah. Don't just throw $10 at 10 things. Figure right. out what 100 bucks could mean to someone who really needs it. Right. And that's going to take some help from Mission Increase or whoever you might know, right. somebody you trust in your church who does donor care. So that, that's a little bit more of, I said, look, intentionality. Um, do yeah. a little research. Are those people actually doing, you know, there's mega charities that yeah. exist in our country that people just write $10 million checks to and they just keep sure. doing what they're doing. Okay. But what about the amazing smaller thing that's actually touching a lot of human lives right. but doesn't have marketing dollars? So do a little research. Find right. out. Listen to your show. Listen to the people who sure. come on here, the, the underdog who's yes. on the precipice of some change. That's the kind of things that I think are fun to explore. That's really a great discussion, and I think it's worth – You know, we, use, we give with our heart and with our brain, yeah. and we need to feed both. But oftentimes we just tend to respond in the moment – and we don't necessarily do the the work. There's like groups like Char- Charity Navigator that yep. talks about this the the the, in, the 
the um, stability of an organization, how well they handle funds. Just ask some more questions. Ask, and some people, some donors I know will say, I'm only going to give to them if they've been at least here 10 years and they have a 10-year plan. Right. Right. I know other donors that are like, I want somebody who's a year into it and just needs a boost. Yeah. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for the diversity of your creativity around this. And so- we need, yeah, you have to have that. And I think cis regular g- giving too is so important for us to continue the work, not just once in a while, but sustained giving and think, you know, once you make those decisions, I want to get involved. I, I just want to say we're holistic people, right? So we have body, soul, mind, strength. We're all holistic people. Money's part of it. Yeah. Money's part of our lives. It's part of what we worry about. It's right. part of what makes our families great or dysfunctional. Why not treat it as important? Yes. Like, look at it. I got asked this question last week. Like, how does my family of origin affect the way I look at money? Wow. That's a great question. It is a great question. So those kind of questions, let's be honest and as people of faith and say, talking about money as a family and as a business helps us be healthy givers. Great discussion, Billy. Always so – this was like the easiest conversation. I'm just like just – you're my soul brother from another mother. Thanks, Appreciate man. You. I love you. This Appreciate you good. too. Thank you for your work with CityServe and Mission Increase and just your friendship. And uh, you've, been, you've been listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. Thank you again. Peace out. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org.